Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with performance and how to improve the human experience. Twice a week, I explore the latest science, technology, and tactics with experts in various fields of human optimization. I'm your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. Superhumans, it's Boomer. We're back. And that noise in the background is the lovely Asheville, North Carolina. By the time this episode gets released, I will be on the other side of the world in Manila, enjoying some time with a mentor and friend. My guest today is actually around two, and it's Kaspers Vendelis. He came on the show last time to talk mental models in a very, very detailed way. And this time we're talking a little bit about how to be 2% better. Kaspers and I came to know each other through the biohacking conference earlier this year in Riga, Latvia, and we've spoken on many stages and attended many of the same conferences since. So you can say we got to know each other a little bit better. In one of those conferences, the Biohacking Fest in Kiev, Ukraine, Kaspers gave a talk about how to be 2% better, and I wanted you guys to hear it. So this episode is all about the tactics and tools that you need to be 2% better and why life is really a battle between 49 and 51. We then get into rebirthing breathing and close things out by talking about the biohacking congress in London this coming February. The show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash caspers. Two. That's K-A-S-P-A-R-S-2, as in the number two. Enjoy my conversation with Kaspers Vendelis. All right. It's always nice to record with friends. So Kaspers, not to say that other guests are not friends, but Kaspers, welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm so delighted to be second time appearance on your show because I like talking to you and I expect this one to go really, really fun. So you and I have done a little bit of traveling together, Kiev, uh, where else, Riga, and a few other places. And, you know, we've had some great conversations of which I just wish I would have clicked record on that. So we can think of this as an extension of those conversations. Shall we get some? Shall we get started? All right, right. Bring it on. So, one of the things that I loved uh, about hanging out with you these past couple of months in Kiev, which is a town that I've never been before, but your talk in Kiev boiled down to when we're talking about optimizing our day. You talked about this idea of how to be two percent better, and now that to some people may seem like such a small number, but do you mind just going into what exactly that means? First of all, this 2% thing uh, is quite odd as a, as a percentage, 2%. Uh, it's not even one, it's not 100%, it's not 50%. It's like really something really strange. And that's why I like the idea on by itself. But but the main idea behind the two percent edge means that uh, actually when we uh, all we try to do on the daily basis, like every day, is to feel great. Mm-hmm. We want to be happy as long as possible, as often as possible. So basically, it's all about uh, how 
how can we achieve this feeling that everything is fine? Like 100% confidence is there, uh, good feelings, everything. So, but what, by the time, like really, when you analyze times when you really felt that everything is really, really perfect, if you dissected all the things uh, that is going on in your life, you probably would have seen that you have a lot of actually troubles as well, a lot of problems, but that this feeling of everything is fine is just a little bit more than those feelings of everything is bad. So basically, um, all you have to do is to have a little bit more than half of, of everything is fine things on your plate, as opposed to 51, 52, whatever percentage that everything is bad. And even in those moments when everything is really bad, seems that everything just goes wrong. Actually, if you analyze, if you opened your books, uh, let's use the accountant uh, terminology, uh, you would see that not really everything is so bad. You have definitely some nice things as well. So basically, uh, uh, if you compare days when everything is good and everything is bad, sometimes it's just that you have 51% of being good or being bad that gives you the impression that everything is either good or bad. So basically, all the all the challenge for yourself on a daily basis in your life in general is how to get from 49% being good to 51% being good as often as possible, as, as, as easy as possible. So basically, it's like only working on 2%. And it's not that we don't fall into the traps. We don't fall into the into the some some bad days or something. It's just and and it, it would happen at every time. You know, I mean, uh, somebody cuts you off in the traffic. Somebody uh, doesn't invite you to party or speaking in in different events or something. So instantly you feel everything is bad. So the idea is not to fall into this feeling bad. The idea would be to get the tools behind, uh, like in your life, to get those 2% back so that you feel 51%. So basically, it's, a, it's an idea how to increase your daily feeling good by 2% only. So And, and that's quite encouraging for people because uh, if you talk about the tools, the biohacking tools, some, some self-improvement, self-fulfillment tools, uh, basically, you know that you need those tools only to maintain two percent uh, reliably. So mm-hmm. that's that would be the the simple description of the idea. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you back on was because of this idea. Because I think many people have this general illusion that if they're having a or they need to be at a hundred percent all the time. And they need to be 100% on. And if they're not 100% on, as a result, their day is shit. It's just gone to hell. And what I love about it is you very so simply put is that good versus bad is just a trade-off of 2%. And one of the analogies that you used in the Ukraine was the idea of um, a casino, I believe, right? Yeah, well, yeah, good that you remind me uh, about that because 
definitely, if you look at the statistics and mathematics, uh, uh, arithmetics, then you can see that uh, um, for casino to rip you off, all they need to have luck on their side, or let's say uh, it's the algorithms, how those machines and casinos are set up. It's so that they have luck in on their side for 51%, at least 51% of the times. And uh, if you have luck on your side, uh, it's e- actually uh, sufficient if you only have luck on your side 50.00001. If you play enough times, you actually ruin all casinos in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's the analogy of casino that uh, and statistics that uh, all all you have to do is a little bit uh, slight edge uh, above fifty percent. And you can see that also by uh, decision making in in uh, companies that you have to have a majority vote, fifty one percent, you know, and things like that. So basically, uh, this is just a model, of course. And uh, sometimes, sometimes people really fall uh, into this forty percent. Everything is fine, so it's really bad. But uh, it's just a model how to represent. Uh, that it's quite easy actually to get back on track so that it, everything feels fine again. And, and, and to be honest, uh, if we talk about the, all those um, tools, all those things that help bring us back to this feeling everything is fine, uh, it's actually quite, uh, quite useful to understand why people drink alcohol, why people take drugs, and why people uh, climb mountains, why people do extreme sports. It's all about feeling good as often as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some people, they feel so bad that sometimes they just drink one glass or two glasses of wine and they get back on this feel good again. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, I, well, I, I can talk for myself and uh, I have, I drink right now. Like, I mean, I'm not a heavy drinker, but from time to time, I have a beer or have a glass of wine. But I used to drink a little bit more uh, a few years back. So, And I remember that once you feel stressed out, that the life is not going well. Uh, and then you open the bottle, you drink a little bit. And of course, at that moment, everything just gets good mm-hmm. again. Except you fall back. So when we talk about the tools that help us help us improve our lives for 50 to 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 get to the 51%. It's actually to get to this 51% uh sustainably. So yeah. so that it doesn't uh, throw us back to this 40 30 20%. That's yeah. the idea. So alcohol can help and sometimes it's really good that you have this at hand. And I I actually remember that um Marianne Faithful, the Mick Jagger's uh, ex-girlfriend, she mm-hmm. once said that uh, heroin uh, uh, saved her life. <sighs> uh, otherwise, she would have uh, killed herself. And at that moment, heroin was actually quite powerful as a drug that uh, brought her back to life. And and at that moment, that was a tool that helped. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I'm not uh, building monuments to drugs. I'm just saying that uh, all those tools are created and sometimes used rightly so for getting to the 51% of feeling good. Absolutely. And I do think uh, 
on the discussion of alcohol, it can be useful. It, I think we've had Todd White on the show before, who's co-founder of Dry Farm Wines. And he says it more in terms of tapping out versus tuning in. And if you're using it as a tool to tune in, of course, that's great. It's The danger is, is when you're going into prolonged masking of an underlying issue. And that's when you can slip back and actually slip back further. Uh, we are by no means here discussing how to cure alcoholism. If you want to do that, <laughs> there's other places where you can have that discussion. But Caspers, what are some but, of... Go ahead. But 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 can I add to that one? Because uh, tuning in and tapping out, and if you combine this with alcohol as a tool and you're really uh, cognizant of the sometimes it can be really used as a tool, you know, maybe it's like first aid and sometimes just to decharge from your total stress and so that you're not uh, breaking plates and, you know, furniture or whatever. Sometimes it's really good that you have that, but, but then you are aware that you use that as a tool and not for, and for tuning in, not for tapping out. So, Mm -hmm. and basically you can, you can uh, abuse Every single tool. I mean, everything that is supposed to be healthy, you can actually overdose it and, and, and then does harm. Absolutely. So what are some of the practical tools that people can use or that you have found effective in your own life to go from that 49 to 51? Yeah, well, most intuitively, uh, what people usually actually, actually do, but rarely they're aware of that as a tool. Um, that that they can use um, consciously is like breath work, just mm-hmm. simple breathing. You know, sigh, relief sigh is actually quite effective. When I talk in front of the audience in small lecture seminars, I just uh, ask people to sigh in collectively, like, <sighs> and it lets a lot of tension go so basically there are so many different uh, breathwork techniques that you can use sigh uh, you can use box breathing you can do, use warrior breathing you can use Wim Hof you can rebirthing breathing I mean really there are plenty of tools that you can use as 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 um, uh, getting rid of tension in your body that's one thing the, the second thing is we also sometimes know. And today, to be honest, that was a really stressful day. I, I got some bad news in the morning and, and, and basically almost ruined my day. And I know that I have an ice hockey training to, tonight. And I'm looking forward to it because I know uh, one thing, it's, it's just it's a pleasurable activity. I have, I'm having fun. But also I know that after that, everything is going to be restored. So physical activities like walking, uh, just, just pull-ups, push-ups, things like that. And this is all always available to us. It's at all times it's with us. So, and really I maybe bore to death people telling about breath work and, uh, and movement, but that's true. I mean, we are meant to walk to to move and we are meant to, to breathe so we can we should use that then uh cold now the season's open mm-hmm. uh, at least in uh, northern part of europe yeah so cold plunges 
So uh, here in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where I'm recording this right now, uh, the cold plunge is actually, it's available, but it's not quite like Riga. What's the temperature in Riga these days? Uh, on on last Sunday, I went for a cold plunge in at sea in the sea, you know, and that was it was really cold. This time, <laughs> I have to admit, it was really cold. But still, uh, the idea behind that is, of course, it increases immune system. It does a lot of many many things. You can Google and see what what whatever benefits you get from the cold water. But um, the main thing, what I what I use. Um, cold plunges as a tool is to train my nervous system calm down in stressful moments. Mm-hmm. That means instead of just running into the water and, and shivering and doing that on adrenaline base, when you can do a lot of things uh, based on adrenaline because you then don't feel anything or at least don't feel that cold. But uh, the idea is actually to go into the water as calm as possible. Okay. And you should be there as long as you get the calmness in your body, which is you, uh, your, natural, um, your natural inclination would be just to breathe in like, <gasps> like that. Because uh, if in case you fall into the water, in the cold water in the winter, all, the last thing you should do in terms of body on physical bodies to hold the breast. So, so nature doesn't know how long you should be able to, to keep underwater. That's why it's so, and you get into this sympathetic uh, nervous system mode. But if you focus on the breathe out, like just only, only you think about breathing out, you actually train your body to respond in a calm um, unstressful way, and this is this is how you signal to your nervous system that whenever it comes something uh, stressful from outside, like external stimuli, then uh, your body knows to react to that calm because uh, it's really no danger. So that that that's the, the instrument that I use. In, that's a tool that is very effective. I do that every morning in the cold shower. Mm-hmm but it's uh, not complete. So once a week, I go really uh, go into the lake or, or sea or something. Amazing. So, yeah. And, uh, and basically, there are actually many other things like fasting and uh, you can do a lot of nice things also by fasting. You can increase the brain power, the focus abilities and things like that. And, um, and actually, all those tools I have... Um, gathered together as in one toolbox and this is what i do when i do my two two or three day events Mm -hmm. so-called retreats um i call them restarts and the idea would be basically to get people unstuck so uh, and i try to uh to teach not me only i uh, i work with different trainers and coaches some of them olympic level coaches so i work with business people to to show them that the top performance uh, in, in professional life as well as in, 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 in private daily life, uh, you have to be aware of what's going on into your, in your nervous system, in your body, mm-hmm. in your brain, and how this is all connected. So basically, this, this is how I address, uh, how I um, 
expose 2% uh, edge tools to the majority of people that I work with. Before we go down some of these restarts, because I, I want to ask you about what the experience is like for people, but um, ice hockey, I didn't know this about you. What position do you play? I'm a center uh, and uh, I'm a a not stay at home defenseman when it's needed. Sometimes nobody wants to play in defense. So as a center, I'm non stay at home defense player sometimes. So yeah, I was left defense. So I was that person that wanted to play defense, but you can say I was very uh, forward thinking or forward moving defenseman. So uh, amazing. Next time I'm in Riga, we'll have to go for a little bit of a, an ice hockey match. But, I didn't know about that about you too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while right. since I've been on the ice. That's for sure. Uh, restarts. Take me through these two to three day retreats. What are people going to experience? Um, and I, ha- I have a very specific question around rebirthing once we get to it. Okay. So, um, it's uh, usually uh, for a very limited uh, amount of people. It's uh, twelve to fifteen people at at one event. It's usually it's th- th- they are called retreat, uh, but uh, I call them restart because uh, the idea is to uh, reboot the system. And as it's often uh, known that consciously with our mind we control about three to five percent of what's going on in our lives Mm -hmm. and the rest 95 to 97 percent is unconscious subconscious or let's let's say it's a nervous system that has uh, registered everything that happened with us before in in the previous life so basically if if we fall into the trap of being stressful angry uh fearful um unconfident this is very often um, related to what is our nervous system bringing to the to the external uh, to the to our external bodies, and basically, as we know that people are um, um, sense making machines after the fact. So basically, we justify every single action after the fact, after the, something has happened then we know that uh, whatever you feel, whatever you think is very often triggered in the beginning in your body, in your nervous system, and only then it's available to your mind, to your conscious thinking process. And that is why in, in this, this restart event, um, I, have not, I have gathered uh, different trainers, coaches uh, around the idea to activate the nervous system so that People, if if people think oh, something is wrong with me, I want to improve my life. And usually, just by sitting at at the desk and thinking about what to do in your life is normally not enough. And then it's rarely actually uh, brings you toward toward your goal. And once you start moving, once you start um, getting juices flow, to say it figuratively, in your body. Then you kind of get more insights to um, to to new feelings, to new ideas, you know. And and uh, um, so I have set up this event, those three days, so that 
all the workshops or the master classes uh, are around the idea how to activate the nervous system, how to uh, train people feel when they are in sympathetic um, uh, nervous nervous system mode when how they can get into the parasympathetic it's talk it's it's talk a lot of talking about the sleep nutrition movement uh breath work called uh it's it's increasing the or extending the comfort zone i don't like the the word uh bringing out of the comfort zone because if if I just uh, bring you to Afghanistan where people <laughs> fight and shoot, it's definitely some mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone. The idea is actually to extend the comfort zone because the idea is not to be constantly out of the comfort zone, but so that you feel comfortable with uh, with something that previously you thought was uh, discomforting for you. So that's 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 how I think about that. The philosophy and the idea behind the one of the things that you educated me on was this idea of rebirthing breathing. Can we go into that? What exactly is it? I know you have a trainer that you work with for this. Um, Can we educate just the audience a little bit as what is rebirthing? Um, There's one book. uh, It's it's by Dan Mm Brule, and it's called Breathe. I know it's just breathe. The name, the title is just breathe, and Dan Boulay talks um, uh, talks about this uh, rebirthing breathing quite a lot, and it's actually in in general quite a good book that summarizes a lot of different breathing techniques, and it's for everybody who is interested into breathing in general. It's an absolute must read. And for that matter, it's for everyone. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not breathing, you're in breathing. trouble. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, well, sometimes, especially about the breathing, if you tell to somebody that you go uh, to a master class of breathing, of breath work, people sometimes laugh and they ask, can't you breathe? Why should you go mm-hmm. to a master class to learn some breathing? So, yeah, but... Um, um, Rebirthing breath work is about uh, basically it's, it's it's a little bit like a therapeutic um, breath work technique. Uh, although it's done in my events in groups, it's uh, like many master classes workshops in my event is more like opening a little bit uh, a, a, a tiny bit of the door to show what's behind the door. So uh, and usually people. Reset their um, nervous system, their conscious subconscious um, um, relationship in in their body, just by attending this two hour uh, breath work. Basically, it's continuous. Uh, it's connected breath. Uh, when you uh, breathe in, breathe out. Uh, only uh, you breathe in only eighty percent of the oxygen, like. You could bring bring a little bit more, but you keep it that way, and you breathe out mm-hmm. without pauses in between, like <sighs> so. And as with almost any breath work that you do intensely with those sessions, you basically start feeling tingling mm-hmm. in your fingers, and you start feeling that nervous system is kind of getting a little bit activated, and you also can. Uh, fade out uh, it usually happens but 
it's not that you fall unconscious. It's actually you get into those deeper layers of your consciousness, mm -hmm. of your subconsciousness. And what it does is um, it's very important actually for almost anything that we do, but especially for this one, uh, you have to set the intention for what you're doing that. I mean, you can uh, intend to get rid of different mental, uh, emotional, or or psychological blocks that you have in, inside you. Uh, sometimes people know already what childhood trauma they have to address. Uh, sometimes it's also, you know, some, some practical things like money issues or something like that. But uh, what very often keeps us from achieving our goals or actually start whatever is healthy for us. I mean, start eating healthy, exercising, uh, and things like that. Sometimes it's not because they are lazy or they don't, have, they don't know what to do. Sometimes it's registered very deep from the childhood trauma. If we have time, I can explain for it. just in short detail. Like, for instance... If, if uh, let's say one uh, financial accountant or something who works with uh, spreadsheets and at, at the age of 35, 40, uh, which is typical age when people start noticing that everything gets, gets worse, um, it's the time when people can start questioning, is this really thing that I need to be doing in my professional life and in general? Uh, and sometimes if they... Um, get deeper into themselves, they can sometimes find out that their creativity has been uh, blocked uh, during the childhood. Let's say it can sometimes happen just in one episode. I'm, I'm just trivializing that a little bit, but uh, just to illustrate how it works. Uh, let's say you are five years old and you draw the picture and you just bring, bring it to your mother to show, look how nice, what a cat I, I draw, drew here. And, and your mother is somehow busy or occupied with something different, I don't know, dishwashing or whatever. And, and somehow just, um, uh, I don't know, just says, oh, just let, let me work, let me do whatever I do. And... You register in your because at the age of five you almost you don't you don't create any anything new you just as a sponge you soak up everything that happens with you so you you register in your nervous system that when you are creative mm -hmm. you get rejected so creativity is rejection and because nervous system is there to protect us in in the case of of some some danger, uh, so to be rejected is actually the ultimate danger. We are social creatures, and to be rejected yeah. means you cannot survive. So we are tribal people. So you know, rejection means you go mm -hmm. outside your tribe and you you die basically. So, but and that's why rejection, uh, creativity, rejection, no creativity, spreadsheets, no creativity, just go for accountancy. So. You basically unconsciously chose all the professions that doesn't have to do anything with, with uh, creativity per se. I don't say accountants can be creative. I'm, I'm just saying that creativity as being an artist or something, you know? So when you tap into your uh, unconscious by, by breath work, sometimes 
it gets revealed to you by doing this breath work, you know? Sometimes you're totally not aware why, why you act uh, the way you act, why you behave the way you behave. And sometimes those therapeutic uh, breath works like rebirthing breathing can help you at least see what happened. Like, for instance, for me, it was realization that um, I used to play basketball when I was a kid. So, and I remember right now that they actually never, no, no single time mm-hmm. ever came to a game. So, uh, imagine this is, I, this is now in my mind, in my mm-hmm. conscious mind, I'm aware of that. But I'm not completely aware what that creates in yeah. my nervous system. So I have to work with that. So sometimes these limitations that we have are basically deeper than we think initially. So um, if this explains a little bit what is it uh, address, addressing, what issues, what ideas, what problems, um, then um, I hope I did the good justice of to, to, to the Absolutely. And I think just a couple of sources for people, if they want to delve more into these hidden traumas, um, a book that you and I have talked about, The Body Keeps the Score, but also Letting Go, which I believe is David Hawkins. And then we've had Pamela Gold on the, episode, on the podcast before, who's talked a lot about this as well. Um, and has been very helpful with me specifically in just sort of guiding through this. But Caspers, thank you for sharing that. Uh, where can people find out more about restarts? Uh, the the web page is quite uh, easy and simple. It's urestart.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm going to be sharing and posting the calendar of the uh, announced announced events that would be mm-hmm. like available to anyone. Uh, and what's very maybe uh, interesting that I do those events in yeah. manors and castles. Um, I do that in here in Latvia. It's outside Riga. And, uh, and the reason why I do that in castles and why I find this idea quite matching to the, to the idea of getting unstuck is because all those manors and castles have been renovated. They have been uh, lost uh, for the Soviet times, you know, because Soviet times are against the capitalism, against some luxury and things like that. So uh, all those uh, places are renovated, rebuilt and restarted. So it actually um, reflects the whole uh, spirit behind the idea of uh, everybody, every single person being un- getting unstuck. And also, I'm going to be also... Um, probably offering some some um, team or corporate organizational coaching and, and and events as well so basically if anybody is interested in that is uh, is welcome um, I'm, I'm gonna be working I'm gonna be working with uh, high level professionals and uh, trainers uh, not only from Latvia from Sweden Finland uh, uh, Netherlands and you the USA. There we go. There we go. And you and I are going to be at Biohacking Congress in London in February. What are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about um, how to live to 100 um, uh, years of age. Uh, my idea is actually to, to live to 120, but uh, everything is going to be revolving about how to distribute your energy throughout the day which was actually also my, 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 my talk uh, in Kiev. Uh, 
um, mm. so that it's not just the years that you achieve, it's that you achieve every single day as as good as possible because you need to live right now because tomorrow is going to be another today again. So it's the today that we have to be focusing on. So it's, it's the focus on today. Awesome. To live to 100. Beautiful. And I'll link to all of this in the show notes, but Biohacking Congress is going to be in London. Uh, anybody listening here can join. We'll link to tickets in the show notes and you can certainly find out more about restarts in the show notes as well. Casper. It's going to be the, the, the biohacking, biohacking Congress is going to be, uh, it's easy to remember, it's actually quite a nice date. It's 2020. It's 20 to 2020. So, uh, special there day. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Caspers, this is round two. It's been so much fun. And I know you and I will continue these conversations. I, if I don't see you before London, I will see you in London in February. Thank you for joining, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much and uh, talk to you soon. Absolutely. Superhumans listening, this is Boomer Anderson on behalf of Casper Vendelis signing off. Have an epic day. Don't you just love how simple life can be sometimes? It's a battle of 2%. 49% you're having a bad day. 51% you're having a good day. And I love how Casper's boils it down to a few simple actionable steps, including cold showers, that you can do to be 2% better. The show notes for this one are again at decodingsuperhuman.com slash caspers2. And you can find all the links there to everything that we mentioned in the episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating with a comment or head on over to the social medias and share this with everyone you know. Thank you guys for tuning in and have an epic day.